بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أولئك الذين نتقبل عنهم أحسن ما عملوا صدق الله العظيم So to move on with our series on Ibn Ata'illah's Hikam uh, The Book of Wisdoms We're on page 200 And it's wisdom number 131 Ibn Ata'illah says لَوْلَا جَمِيلُ سَتْرِهِ لَمْ يَكُنْ عَمَلٌ أَهْلًا لِلْقُبُولِ لَوْلَا جَمِيلُ سَتْرِهِ لَمْ يَكُنْ عَمَلٌ أَهْلًا لِلْقُبُولِ This is uh, quite a profound aphorism which goes to show uh, the way our worship and our devo- devotion works with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we've said before, this is a book on spirituality, but essentially it's about uh, affirming the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our devotion to Him. That's what this is all about. So what he's saying in this one, he says, were it not for the kindliness of His veiling, meaning if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not veil us, then no deed would be worthy of acceptance. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala essentially did not ignore a lot of the shortcomings and didn't put up a veil to cover those blemishes, then none of our actions would be worth it. The salat that we just performed, the fasting that we just did in Ramadan, the hajj, the assistance we may have given to someone else, the dhikr that we may have spent time doing. If it wasn't for Allah's veiling, then that wouldn't be worthy of acceptance. So someone might look at this and say, that's tight. We've spent so much time doing this. Why wouldn't he be accepted? I've done the deed. There's a lot of people who are not even doing the deed. So I'm doing the deed. So why should he not be accepted? Well, we're really selfish if we think that way because we think it's only us and we've not really recognized Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's look at this in a bit more detail as to what he's saying here. So this is what he's saying. If we want our deeds to be accepted, if you want to give a gift to someone and you want them to feel very, very, very happy with your gift and really be excited by it, really be fulfilled and satisfied by that, what would you have to do? Could you just buy any gift and give it to them? Could it just be a gift? I've given you a gift, you should be satisfied, you should be happy. You know, a lot of other people don't give you a gift, I'm giving you a gift, you should be happy. If I compare it that way, nobody else gives me a gift and only Dr. Saab gives me a gift, then okay, maybe, you know, that's something to, you know, to be excited about. But if you really want somebody to be satisfied with a gift, you'll have to make a lot of effort. You'll have to understand what they like, how they like it, how it's presented, in the manner we present it. If I've got a gift from someone, I just go like, here you go, a, I bring some flowers for my wife, and I'm just like, here, these are flowers for you. 
they are really expensive, but I just throw them down and say, these are flowers for you, and then I run out. It's going to totally be wasted. There's a way to give a gift. And you know, I've received quite a few gifts in my life, and sometimes, subhanAllah, it just depends on the manner in which the gift has been given, the thought. Recently, somebody gave me a gift, and I think they, they know that I'm quite particular with my perfumes, but they wanted to give me a perfume. So they gave me a perfume and wrote a note with it. I really apologize, but you know, I don't know what your thing is, but this is what I would like to give you. And it's one of my female students, so she doesn't even have direct access to you know, ask and find out like, what do you want or whatever, but she wanted to give me a gift. So I accepted that and I felt really good about it. It was actually a decent perfume anyway. So there's an effort that somebody goes through. Actually, speaking about perfumes, there's another somebody helped him out with something, so he sent me four small tester bottles of perfume and said, which one do you like from there? Now I had to choose one of them. Um, so then I chose one, and it went up. Set the person, it was actually decent. One of them was decent. So then they sent me, got a full bottle of that uh, made and sent. There's an effort. Essentially, there's an effort, right? There's an effort that goes with it. When you do work for someone, your own employer, or if you are an employer, or if you're a director, or if, you're, if you manage staff, there's a clear difference in the 10 staff that you may be managing or the five staff that you have. There's going to be a big difference between each one of them. And there'll be some, they're all doing the same job, but the way one of them does it, it's just going to be different because you can see there's something about it that they're putting their heart into it or something like that. They're putting their heart, mind, their sincerity, their concern, they, they've got everything in there. So likewise with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with anything else, for something to be fully acceptable, to fully be accepted, and to provide that satisfaction, it needs to be worthy of that. And that's essentially when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who's the greatest and least. I mean, for example, me, I'm just a normal human being. You know, what right do I have to criticize things? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is perfect, who is complete in every sense, he's got a right to be critical if he wants to be. So to give him something that is to his level, if I go to a, a very, very, very wealthy individual, right, the gift I give them must be accordingly, must be according to their status, as opposed to what I may give to somebody else. So, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it needs to fulfill the conditions of qubul. It needs to fulfill the conditions of acceptance. That's essentially what it is. Now, what are the... Full, what are the... What are the conditions of acceptance. I mean, we, this is not what we want to go through right now, but one of them is definitely sincerity. Purely for the sake of Allah and nobody else. Purely for the sake of Allah. Mind has to have been focused. Ghayatul hudur. So ikhlas and ghayatul hudur, which means absolute presence. That's what Allah wants. He wants us, He wants to see from us that when we're devoting whatever we are, our worship to Him, that we have nothing else in mind at that time because he knows the world is full of distractions. So when I'm praying to him, if I'm thinking of something else, then what I'm giving him, and I'm thinking about something else, that's not good enough because he knows. You may go to give a gift to someone or make a petition to someone, your mind would be elsewhere, it won't make a difference, they probably won't know. But when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows there is no veiling. So when we're praying to him, it needs to be purely for him. So if our minds did go elsewhere, 
we couldn't help it maybe but at the end of the day there was a distraction so now have we fulfilled the condition of that prayer to give to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now look at any of our deeds zakat sadaqah assisting someone else if it's for the sake of Allah was it purely 100% for his sake and for nothing else no distraction in there whatsoever and it was actually complete in every other sense as well if not then why should it be accepted when Allah only wants perfection in Allah tayyib wa yuhibbu tayyib Allah is pure he only likes the pure anyway he, he Allah is kamil he is complete and he only likes what's complete and what's perfect so why should he accept this it's got a bit of a blemish. Oh, it's just got a bit of a blemish. It's not good enough for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you see, it is because he overlooks so much. That's what he's trying to say here. So, ikhlas and absolute presence and focus. And وَالتَّبَرِّ فِيهِ مِنَ الْحَوْلِ وَالْقُوَّةِ Right? Which... And, and to basically completely think at that time that I, nothing can assist me except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing can facilitate me except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why the scholars say that this is fi ghayatin nudur. This is so seldom that you could have a worship with all of those things in there, so pure, with absolutely no distraction at all. So, now, if that's the state of our worship, and may Allah allow us to continue and perfect our worship, if that is the state of our worship, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had not been graceful to us and by his veil that, look, don't worry, I'll ignore a lot of this stuff. As long as I see some kernel, some essence of this in there, some focus of this in there, I'm going to ignore a lot of the shortcomings, the distractions, uh, wanderings of your mind. Focus elsewhere, doing something not purely for my sake, having some other ideas in there. I will forgive it. So, out of his absolute compassion and his kindness and his subtlety and his generosity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he covers the defects. No problem. He covers the defects. So, can you now see what he's saying now? That had it not been for the kindliness of Allah's veiling, so that's what he means by veiling, is just ignoring that stuff, then no deed would be worthy of acceptance. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's the one who actually gives us the tawfiq, the divine enablement to do it in the first place. That's why we're all sitting here today. Could have been doing a lot of other things on Friday evening. That's why we're sitting here. And then even if they were a bit distracted, hopefully Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept it. So he's the one who allows us to, to do it, and then he accepts it on top of that and forgives a lot of the distractions and everything inside. Right. That's why it led one of the pious people to say, مَا هُنَاكَ إِلَّا فَضْلُهُ What a claim that is. That there's nothing in existence except Allah's grace. Like if you reduce it down to just Allah's grace, that would be absolutely right because there is nothing but Allah's grace. It's Allah's grace that we're here, that we exist. It's Allah's grace that we are believers and it's Allah's grace that we actually devote anything that we do to Him. Any devotion we do is because of Allah's grace and then it's His grace that even accepts it. It's just absolutely rational logical. There's no Ill illogical idea in there. And then he says, وَلَا نَعِيشُ إِلَّا فِي سَتْرِهِ and we don't exist, we don't live except under his veiling anyway. 
Because if people were really to understand and know everything that goes through our mind and our ideas and everything else that may uh, come into our minds in a moment of vulnerability or desire or whatever, then it would be quite despicable. So there's, we can't live except with His, mashallah, veiling upon us by His keeping everything under wraps. وَلَوْ كَشَفَ الْغِطَاءَ لَكَشَفَ عَنْ أَمْرٍ عَظِيمٍ was he to remove that veil, then there would be a mighty issue uh, that would prevail afterwards. Everybody would know what's going on with everything and then we don't know what the situation would be then. Yahya ibn Mu'adh, rahimahullah says, Miskinun ibn Adam, the human being, the human being is a miskin, is in need all the time. Poor, vulnerable son of Adam. Jismun ma'ib, a defective body. Waqalbun ma'ib, a defective heart, meaning a weak heart, weak body. Constantly got troubles with our body and our heart. Yuridu an yukhrij min ma'ibay. Now, where do actions come from? They, they're produced from our body and our heart. Our hearts and mind desire, our bodies follow and produce something. But our bodies and what we can do is obviously defective, it's incomplete, and likewise the state of our heart is incomplete. So then he's saying that if that's our case, then how is it this human being is trying to produce a pure deed, but from a defective source, because his physical state is defective, and, is, and so is his heart, and we're trying to produce a pure deed from there. So if it wasn't for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then nothing would have happened. That's why it's written above the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that my mercy has dominated my wrath and anger. Because if Allah wanted to deal with everybody 100% perfectly with everything He wants them to do, the laws that He's laid down, we'd be in big trouble. So He forgives a lot, He overlooks a lot, and give Him a small excuse and He's willing to forgive. La ilaha illallah. That is why the verse I read, Surah Al-Ahqaf, verse 16, Those are the people who... Now, this is a, uh, a play on the Arabic, so I'll explain it. These are the people from whom we accept the best of what they've done. anhum. For those who understand Arabic, this is anhum, as opposed to نَتَقَبَّلَ minhum. If it was not a qabbala minhum, that would have been probably stronger. We'd accept from them. This is, we'll accept on their behalf. That's the difference, I would say. One is, I'll accept it from you. Another one, I'll accept it on your behalf. That means somebody else could have done it, or I'll just accept it in whatever way, shape it is. But I'll accept it from you, right? If you, if you have those two statements, I'll accept it from you directly is a stronger statement that is coming from you. And I'll accept it from you like on your behalf like from your balance like okay don't worry I'll, I'll accept it it's okay so maybe that's why some of the ulama say that that is why it says anhum instead of minhum min would have been directly and an means on behalf of <coughs> a bit more distance Allah knows best there's a narration which says al-bala'u wal-hawa wal-shahwatu ma'junatun bi-tini adam Tests, challenges, 
desires um, and uh, lusts, they are imbued and infused into our, the human makeup, human composition, human essence. So we're going to, uh, we're, we're going, if we're not very careful and if we're not particular, we're going to end up fulfilling our desire, fulfilling our, our lust, getting into some kind of challenge or trouble. It's just what it is. That's the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it in this world. He wants us to do the best. But it just goes to show that the rahmah of Allah is always there which we invoke. You know, there's a verse in the Quran, in Surah Al-Insan, verse 2, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّا خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِن نُطْفَةٍ أَمْشَاجٍ نَبَتَلِيهِ We've created a human being from a mixture. Mixed, mixture of many different things, which is within, you know, humans have the capability to do the good and bad. It's all there. The idea is that with an abundance of dhikr, and uh, making an effort to abstain from what is haram and what is wrong. The human is, uh, our effort is to try to not let any of those acts, which any of those features that have been placed in our composition to dominate. Because while all of those have been placed there, we also have a ruh and a spirit uh, which makes us closer to the angels. <clears throat> so if we are to fulfill our every desire and every, every lust, which, is, which we have the ability to do so, then that means that we're focusing too much on our purely body, material self. We're not letting the ruh and the spirit dominate. And when that happens, then the spirituality is lost. While we may have an abundance of physical things around us, we're never, never going to have a satisfaction, never going to feel content, not going to feel fulfilled. You only feel fulfilled when, we, when the ruh and the spirit is allowed to express itself. So, Sheikh Abdullah Gungohi, the way he explains this is as follows. He says, only a deed entirely devote, uh, devoid, only a deed entirely devoid of any egotistic contamination deserves to be accepted. Regardless of the degree of adornment and purification of the ego, there will always remain to some extent ego in the self, even though this may not be discernible. The ego by nature is an embodiment of evil. I mean, essentially what he's saying, what we said earlier, is that we're constantly, because the world is so important for us, we're constantly distracted. So even if trying to focus and have complete sincerity in what we're doing, it's so easy for us to have some of that distraction. It's just so easy. It's so difficult otherwise. You have to work very hard to eradicate that. So that's why Allah's rahmah has to be there. Otherwise, we'd be in big trouble. It is because of Allah's grace and kindness that the evil and sins of the servant are then overlooked and concealed by him. Allah shows great forbearance by withholding his punishment from the sinful servant. Above all, he then accepts the servant's defective deeds. Give him any gift, he'll accept it. As long as it's coming to the, you know, as long as we've got some sincerity in there, he'll accept that gift. In reality, no one, nobody's de deeds would actually deserve to be accepted in his lofty court. So, O traveler, O seeker, do not be overwhelmed by excessive grief on account of the deficiencies in your acts of virtue. This is actually a positive one that, look, if you start focusing on everything being defective and how weak we are, and then shaitan makes you start thinking that, you know what, it's not worth it. You can't do it perfect, per perfectly, so don't do it. 
it's okay. This is a lot of people have this issue. So that's why he's saying there is the mercy of Allah. So focus on his mercy. Try your best. And if there is distraction, focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy to accept it. So do not be overwhelmed by excessive grief, grief on account of the deficiencies in your acts of virtue. In fact, when Allah Most High accepts, He accepts our defective deeds and awards the reward for the very defective acts offered by His servants because something is in there that He likes and He will ignore everything else. Allah just wants an excuse. So that's what He says. Now, the next wisdom is on the page after, which is page 201, but that's wisdom number 134. Uh, Ibn Ata'illah says, Man akramaka fa innama akrama fika jameela satrih. Falhamduli man satarak. Falhamduli man satarak. Laysa alhamduli man akramak wa shakarak. This is a really interesting one. You know this idea that our deeds are incomplete, defective, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala veils our faults in there and just accepts on whatever good is in there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts it. Now, he transfers this to other human beings, to other people in the world, how they see us. What he's saying is, listen carefully, he's saying, whoever honors you, honors only the beauty of his veil in you. If somebody respects you and honors you and praises you, what is he praising? If we've already established that we are weak and defective in everything that we do, you know, as, perf- as much perfection as we have, there's still defect, right? Believe me, there's a lot of defect, right? We try our best to get it right, 100%, being a perfectionist. And you still discover there's mistakes afterwards in whatever we do, right? So he's saying that whoever honors you honors only the beauty of Allah's veil in you. Because Allah has veiled everything and doesn't allow the bad stuff to be exposed so that people can only see good things about us. That's why they, they praise us. Therefore, praise is actually for Allah who veiled you, not to the one who honored and thanked you. When somebody thanks you, don't thank them, thank Allah. I mean, you can thank them as well, but you should really be thanking Allah because of Him having concealed everything. Now you see, I'll just take a simple example of the most popular people online are generally these pop stars and singers, singers and things like that. Now the reason why people like them is because they only see their good side, right? They see them the way they are dressed and made up and present themselves. Of course, they're human beings. They do every single mucky human being thing that everybody else does. But you will never see that. That's never put together. When we see them, we only see a very specific side. It's very, very closely and carefully choreographed. Right? Very closely protected, what you see. Because everything else is being... You don't see that, even though we know they... Every, Every other thing that humans have failings, they would do the same thing. So that's because all of these things are veiled. Likewise, with everything that we do, we have, there's a certain secret aspect. There's a certain hidden aspect. So 
What he says in this case now is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken responsibility to look after us, to take care of us in this world and in the hereafter. And part of that is that he veils our evil, he veils our bad thoughts, bad things we may have done in a moment of weakness, in a moment of vulnerability, in a moment of extreme greed, extreme desire. Nobody else knows about it. May Allah keep that covered. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does is that he allows, you to, uh, allows us to have our perfections shown as real perfections. Whereas he is actually the real perfect, perfect one. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to be seen as perfect, as accomplished, as beautiful, as handsome, as wealthy or whatever it is. And then he, get, he allows people to praise us. So what is he allowing people to praise? He's allowing people to praise his work in us, that he's veiled us and he's allowed only the good things to show. So recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favor upon you. Recognize that it's all Allah's working. It's Allah's hand is everywhere. Allah's power is everywhere. Allah's control is everywhere. It's Allah's work that is everywhere. So now, He's the one we need to magnify and glorify and praise and honor. Now, in that way, as perfect and great as you are in what you offer to the world, you will never be arrogant. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you and granted you uh, maybe an ability, an honor, uh, wealth, uh, beauty, uh, possessions, whatever it may be, when we realize that it's coming from Allah and He also helps us veil all the wrong things that we may have have within us, then thank Allah because it's all of His work. And this is essentially what the people of Allah have recognized. That's what makes them awliya. When we recognize this thing, you become a wali of Allah. Because when anybody recognizes Allah, and recognize, I mean, one is we recognize, we know who Allah is, I'll describe Allah to you as we say to people. But that's not what it means. When we actually experience that recognition, when with everything that we do, we recognize Allah is behind everything, that's when you become a wali of Allah. That's essentially every one of these will make you a wali of Allah. That's how these aphorisms are. That's why in Surah An-Nisa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, verse 83, Allah says, Had it not been for the grace of Allah upon you and His mercy, then you would have followed the shaitan. Except, uh, you know, with a small exception. Otherwise, you would easily just follow the shaitan. Very difficult to avoid the shaitan if it wasn't for the fear of Allah. If it wasn't for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's tawfiq. Again, in Surah An-Nur now, verse 21, Allah says, وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ مَا زَكَى مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ أَبَدًا Had it not been for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's grace and His mercy upon you, He would never purify any one of you ever. So the first one is telling us that you would have followed the shaitan if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had not assisted. And the second one is saying that, look, even though we understand you have defects and weaknesses and faults, if Allah didn't want, He would never purify any of you. He would never take you uh, for the good that you've done so easily. <clears throat> so that means praise is really for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why should we attract praise? We can, thank, we can thank them, thank you for praising me, but 
inside when you say, thank you, Allah. Thank you, Allah. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was just to reveal just some of the bad things about us, it could be a small thing, but the way it could be magnified. Sometimes it's a small issue. People make a big deal out of it. And if you are objectively going to look at it, it's like, why are you making such a big fuss about this? Why do some people make a fuss about something? What is the cause of that? Why does it happen sometimes? Allah protect us. Allah protect us. Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was just to bring up an iota of any of our evil or wrongs or bad things, people would hate you. People would dislike you. So, Fashkurullah. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the honor that He allows us to have and for the veiling that he has done of all the evils that, that we have. Otherwise, people would hate us. They would seek to hurt us, to harm us, to criticize us, and so on and so forth. Imam Az-Zarruq says, لَوْلَا سِتْرُهُ عَنِ الْمَعَاصِي مَا كُنْتَ مُطِيعًا لَوْلَا سِتْرُهُ وَسَتْرُهُ عَنِ الْمَعَاصِي مَا كُنْتَ مُطِيعًا وَلَوْلَا سَتْرُهُ فِيهَا لَكُنْتَ مُهَانًا عِنْدَ الْخَلْقِ had it not been for his veiling you from, his, uh, from disobedience, you would never have been obedient. If Allah did not protect us from doing wrong deeds, giving us the ability, that consciousness, no, no, I can't do it, it's bad, it's repugnant, right? then you would not be obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at godless societies. Look at godless enterprises, atheistic enterprises. They don't care about all of this. They look at everything based on just whether, it's a utility, whether it provides any utility to the human being, whether it's beneficial for you. Forget God. Forget that. It's just whether it's beneficial for you or harmful for you. That's all we're going to look at. That's the criteria. So remember, if it wasn't for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they, Allah for these people is just literally said, okay, you do what you want. Allah has, that, that barrier is not there for them to think what's wrong and what's right. They just think everything is okay. As long as it's uh, beneficial, as long as it makes you feel good, that's what the criteria is. Then he says, you know, so he says that if it wasn't for Allah's veil, then you would never have been obedient. Now, okay, we're obedient. But now he's saying that if Allah has not veiled you in your obedience, back to that same point before, then it wouldn't have been worthy of acceptance and you would, not, you would have been humiliated in front of people. وَلَوْلَا نِعْمَةُ رَبِّي لَكُنْتُ مِنَ الْمُحْضَرِينَ Surah Al-Safat. Somebody's going to say in the hereafter, had it not been for the bounties of my Lord, then I would have also been one of those to be presented here. But it was because of the bounties of Allah I was saved. So inshallah, I'm not going to be in the hellfire. So, the whole humanity, they work between them using Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's veil. Otherwise, people would start to hate them. People would fright, or people would harm them. Subhanallah. So, look at this uh, poem. He says, يَظُنُّونَ bi خَيْرًا وَمَا bi min khair." One of the awliya, he's saying, يَظُنُّونَ bi خَيْرًا وَمَا bi khair." وَمَا bi min khair." وَلَكِنَّنِي عَبْدٌ ظَلُومٌ كَمَا تَدْرِي سَتَرْتَ عُيُوبِي كُلَّهَا عَنْ أُيُونِهِمْ وَأَلْبَسْتَنِي ثَوْبًا جَمِيلًا مِّنَ السَّتْرِ فَصَارُوا يُحِبُّونِي وَمَا أَنَا بِالَّذِي يُحَبُّ وَلَكِنْ شَبَّهُونِي بِالْغَيْرِ فَلَا تَفْضَحَنِّي فِي الْقِيَامَةِ بَيْنَهُمْ 
وكن لي يا مولاي في موقف الحشر سبحان الله he's saying they think of me being they, they think of very good things about me they think of good things about me whereas i actually have no goodness in me he's talking to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in fact i am a very very dark slave of yours as you know as you know oh allah you have veiled all my you, you have you have veiled all my defects and my wrongs from their eyes and you've made me you've allowed me to be garbed in this beautiful veil of yours to look good and to look righteous and to look decent and honorable so now they've begun to love me whereas actually i'm not really one to be loved and they in fact what they've done is they've actually made me resemble someone else they've mistook me for somebody else so now on the this is the state of me in this world now so now on the day of judgment don't degrade me don't humiliate me between them on the day of judgment keep it up this veil that you've had that i was a decent person in this world in the sight of people despite all my little my blemishes big and small on the day of judgment don't let me be humiliated la ilaha illallah and be there for me o oh my master o oh my lord in the standing place in the gathering so essentially i think it boils down to three types of people which is mentioned before there's the common folk all they see is what people see around what they see what people see around them they just they, they allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in their mind number 2 are people who just see allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the third people are the perfect people who actually see people but sees allah see allah among everything that they do so they're not cut away from people they're with the human beings they're sociable but they are fulfilling allah's command at every moment because they're fulfilling the rights of being in this world by knowing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by being among the people may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to ascend and to enhance ourselves to that sheikh abdullah gangohi he this is how he summarizes it he says o traveler o seeker when someone respects and honors you with praise or gifts do not become proud do not gain the impression that you have in you some excellence in reality the person has not really praised you he's praised allah's attributes of veiling the sins and defects of people if allah most high had not concealed your egotistic evils people would not even spit on you all would have detested you because your ego is an embodiment of mischief and evil the cats and dogs in our mind the pigs and the other evil ideas that people have in their mind all of that would have been all of that would be clear for people to see therefore do not praise and flatter the one who praises you or one who treats you with respect honor and kindness the being who has concealed your faults is truly deserving of praise the one who praises and honors you is not deserving of respect and praise in essence meaning you do have to praise them but don't think that they're the only people to praise uh, allah has to be praised however there is nothing wrong in expressing gratitude to the one who is kind and shows respect to you for it is allah most high who bestowed the goodness to you via the agency of that person who has honored you but the gaze should be on only allah most high may allah make that easy for us i think it's very very logical uh, it makes absolute sense but inshallah it will be how we think as well and it will be the way we deal with things in the future uh, inshallah may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assist us
اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك في أذن الجلال والإكرام اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم يا معدن الجود والكرم يا أكرم الأكرمين يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المؤتين أو beneficent one أو generous one أو forgiving one أو clement one أو forbearing one have mercy upon us treat us with your mercy treat us with your <coughs> with your generosity O oh Allah shower your mercy and your forgiveness. O oh Allah, we ask you for your forgiveness and for complete purification. O oh Allah, purify us. We thank you for the veil you have over us. We have done so much wrong. We have so many defects. We have so many issues. O oh Allah, we have, we have transgressed. We have shortcomings. We have blemishes. We have defects. O oh Allah, we have sinned. O oh Allah, forgive us our sins. Protect us from sin. Protect us from wrong. O oh Allah, grant us your love. O oh Allah, make your love more beloved to us than all the beautiful things of this world. O oh Allah, grant us your love and the love of those whose love will benefit us in your court. O oh Allah, bless all of those who sit here today, those who listen. O oh Allah, bless all of us. O oh Allah, accept from all of us. Oh Allah, whatever little devotion that you've given us the ability for us to do, Allah accept it for us and grant us the ability to do a lot more. Oh Allah, allow us to understand you. Allow us to know you better. Oh Allah, with every subsequent day that passes, oh Allah, allow us to know you better so that we are at our best knowledge of you before we pass away. And oh Allah, make that sufficient knowledge for us to, <clears throat> to gain your pleasure in the hereafter, to gain your pleasure in this world. To, to relax in the gardens of paradise in our grave. And O oh Allah, for all the stages of the hereafter to be easy for us. And O oh Allah, to be welcomed by you, welcomed by the Prophet ﷺ to his, to his watering place, to be able to drink from his blessed hands. And O oh Allah, to pass over the causeway of the hereafter, over Jahannam. O oh Allah, into Jannat al-Firdaus. O oh Allah, for an eternal life of bliss. O oh Allah, accept whatever little that we have done and O oh Allah, change our lives from all the distractions and the laziness and the procrastination. And O oh Allah, all the delays that we have of trying to become better people, to start becoming more practicing, to start doing tahajjud, to start doing extra remembrance, to start doing our qadha prayer and to be balance free, to make an effort to be balance free before we leave this world. O oh Allah, allow us Make it easy for us to, to pay off our balances of every debt that we have in this world, whether that be debt to others or debts to you. Allow us to be clear and complete, O oh Allah, to be ready to, be, uh, to, to meet you. O oh Allah, these are very, very high things that we ask you for. But for you, it's easy. For us, it's difficult. It's a lifelong toil. But O oh Allah, gra grab us by the forelocks. And O oh Allah, enter us into Jannat al-Firdaus. Remove the obstacles from our path. Remove the distractions from our path. O oh Allah, remove the weaknesses that we have. O oh Allah, remove the weaknesses. O oh Allah, strengthen us for your obedience and keep us steadfast on your obedience. O oh Allah, bless all of those who facilitate these classes and the people of the masjid and all the others who facilitate <coughs> all the good things that are happening in this world and make us of the contributors for of the good in this 
in this country and around the world. Do not just make us consumers. Oh Allah, allow us to contribute something. And oh Allah, allow us to be accepted for some service of your deen. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifuna wa salamun ala mursaleena walhamdulillahi rabbil Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.